Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a special Thursday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino. You guys know number 58, two-time Super Bowl champion linebacker, the one and only Carl Banks. And Chris Bisignano from Giant Insider joins us for the first half hour. Jerry Foley, his partner over at that publication, will join us for the second 30 minutes of the show. And we are going to be here to take your phone calls at 201-939-4513, as well as if you want to hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. But uh, just to kick things off, uh, Mr. Banks... Uh, this has been in the making now for quite some time as you guys were able to negotiate this deal. Well, <laughs> we should make this sound like it was a big negotiation, right? Um, I'm a big, big fan of Giants Insider. And um, so we, we talk on social media all the time. And so <clears throat> he invited me on. And you know I don't do a lot of podcasts right. to begin with. I think I did. Pat Trainers was the only one I did this year. So... I decided, he says, come on. I'm like, okay, I would love to. And then I'm thinking, we should do this at, at the next level, right? Um, because we get, and you know this, you share this with me, um, we get so much feedback on our social media platforms about you know, what we are, what we're not, all the criticisms. And I'm like, okay, well, let's have the stews call in. Now, now they, we can communicate back and forth and with a podcast, and, and I read some of the comments on, on Giants Insider, and it's the same stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Let's make this live. You know, Chris can do what he does. Jerry can do what they do. But we're going to do it live so the feedback is not only instantaneous from the, um, our social media followers, but we get to have a little dialogue. We get to kind of talk beyond 150 characters if you know what I mean <laughs> so um, after what was it Chris it was like a year and a half negotiation <laughs> to, it was to, brutal. then we it had was to brutal. set some parameters yeah. hey, where's my cut that's what yeah. I want to know well you know we didn't even get to the economics of it I mean it, you know communication with fans is free currency we, we, we're, we're getting enough out of this but um, so we just kind of talked it out. If he and, and I put it out there, if he's if he's willing to do it, let's do it. And he's like, I'm willing to do it. Let's do it. So um, I think the only negotiation we had was the fact that the set was too small to fit Jerry <laughs> in. We could only accommodate three. So uh, I'm not leaving. We were thinking about throwing you off, but then again, you've been the subject of much social media. Oh, yes. Uh, ridicule. So I figure you stay here and take the bullets with us. Okay. And we'll relieve Jerry at halftime. And I mean, relieve Chris at halftime and put Jerry on. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. So, Chris, uh, how hard was this negotiation from your perspective? It was about three seconds. <laughs> Call said, hey, I'd like to be on the podcast. And I was like, okay. First, I was taken back. First, my jaw dropped. I was like, did I just read that correct? I was like, did Banks just say he wants to be on the podcast? And then... About a week later, he got in touch with me saying about, you know what, let's do this on Big Blue Kickoff with Paul and we're going to make it like a joint effort. And I, I, I didn't, you know, Paul, I didn't even have words, man. It was just like, okay, call whatever you want. See, and <laughs> the negotiation wasn't much on my end, Paul. And the thing about it, and, and Paul knows this, but my boss, Don Sperling, he knows I can have some disruptive ideas. So I just threw it out there one night. And full disclosure, uh, Don, were, Don and I were out to dinner. Okay. And um, I think, I don't know if we had a cigar or not. And I says, I got this idea. It's crazy. And he's kind of, Don is kind of my sounding board because I, I can go out there with some ideas. And I says, you can tell me it's I'm out of my mind or you can tell me we can make this work. And I said, I want to do a, um, a smash-up of a podcast in our live stream with Giants Insider. And he thought about it for a second. He says, well, technically we can make it happen, but there are a few things you got to know. And so um, I, th I think he gave you guys parameters. Yes. And for you guys out there viewing, you um, Giant Insider fans, your our um, Giants.com and Big Blue Kickoff fans, Here's some just some simple parameters. We cannot, because we are on the giant stream, and I know we're going to say, oh, he's on the payroll. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> but here's the thing. Based on NFL rules, 
I cannot talk about a player that's currently under contract with another team. So I know there are a lot of scenarios out there on social media, and maybe I can answer those on social media. Um, so you can tweet us, and maybe I can answer those. But I cannot discuss a player under contract as long as I'm on the Giants live stream because other teams look at that, and there's these things called tampering. And I don't want to hear from John Mara. I don't want to hear from – uh, Don Sperling or anybody else in this building that I've just cost us a draft choice. So um, we can talk about pending free agents. We can t- we can talk about anything. But just know that if, if you call in and ask me a question about a player who's under contract on another team, you're going to get that answer on Twitter. You're not going to get it live on air because I cannot discuss that on these airways because this is a it's on a Giants platform. So those are the parameters. I hope I haven't screwed up your podcast Not at all. Um, because I know it's a lot of things you talk about on, on your podcast. So we can answer those on Twitter, but I, I can't. I'm just telling you right now, you can throw some names out there. If they're under contract, don't expect me to, to speak on them. Right, we should give everybody our Twitter handles just in case you're too bashful to call in and you want to try to hit us up on the social media. Some of you may not know all of our, our names. I'm at Giants WFAN. He's at Carl Banks. Uh, G- I, I, G- I, I, yeah, triple, triple I. Yeah. Right? G-I-I-I. And, and he is at Giant Insider. You can get Jerry or Chris at Giant Insider. Is there a topic that either one of you guys wanted to kick it off with before we got right to the phone calls? Because well, I know people no, 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 we're not going to get right to the phone calls. Oh, you want you want to no, hold on? This is the a calls. mashup. This is a mix. You just did the big blue kickoff live thing. Yes. Now it's time for him to do the okay. giant insider. Go thing. ahead, Chris. What Sit do you got? Sit back, relax, and let us do this. Okay. What, what, do you, what do you got? He's running his podcast right now. All right, we got we got some stuff. Go ahead. Okay. Well, well, a lot of people want to hear call. A lot, a lot of people want to know about. What is this organization going to do with number 10? You You know, we were trying to find him. If he was in the building, he would have come. He would have stopped in. Um, We would have had him in the room. Just put it that way. Um, He's busy watching film, Carl. Well, if 10 was in the building, (laughs) 10 would have been in the room. But um, the organization probably does not know, in all honesty, Mm -hmm. because of all the variables, the one thing they, they that they do know about Eli Manning, and yes, um, folks, I am an Eli Manning fan, but I'm also a realist. I know that he won't play forever, and they know that, and he knows that. And he just turned, what, 39? Uh, 38. 38. 38, just turned 38. So they know that. But what they're going to do about him, um, they're going to look at his performance. And... There are a lot of stats out there that will say, and we know numbers lie sometimes, but in the old saying, ball don't lie, right? So he has had the most passes over 20 yards. For all those thought that he was just checked down Charlie. You know, once the offensive line got shored up, he was able to get the ball down the field, to see the field a lot better. Um I think he was top seven in something else, Paul. Was it? Um, I thought it was yards per throw. Yards per throw, but then there was something else that just came out. Um, so there are a lot of things that speak in his favor, plus the fact that he's healthy. But there's no one under the illusion, including myself, that know that will tell you that a transition plan is not paramount. You know, he's been healthy, mm-hmm. right? But he's getting old. And the thing about the way you approach personnel is you've got to look down the line. So you put things in place not only for Eli Manning, but for the guy who's replacing him. Because the one thing you don't want is to fall off a cliff, get a good quarterback, and you don't have the, the, the supporting cast. So I'm, I'm kind of weaving around here, but these are all the components that have to come into play. So if there's a quarterback that the personnel department and for all you Twitter GMs they know more than you they know more than me they spend they spend two years minimum evaluating quarterbacks so it's not like they you know see a guy on the board and say okay we like him because I saw two college games they put time in so if they feel that there's a guy out there and there's the kid from um, 
Ohio State. Yeah. Everybody knows. And now you've got um, Kyler Murray, Kyler in, the Murray in the mix. Now, I don't know what the prototypical quarterback is mm-hmm. um, in the eyes of Dave Gettleman, in the eyes of Pat Shermer. I'm going to tell you that there are some requisite skills that you need to play in this league and to play in this offense. And that's the ability to throw the football mm-hmm. and some level of accuracy, right? Um, so I think both of those kids have that. I, I don't lean either way because I don't know enough about them. Right. Um, but if those two guys are on their radar screen and they feel that they fit that criteria, then they may pursue that. Right. Now, if there are free agent quarterbacks out there that they say apples to apples, we like him over Eli Manning, then they may pursue that. But I know that this year, in some way, shape, or form, the transition plan will be put into place. I don't know from the draft or free agency. And there's an old school thinking. And I just heard, I heard uh, Drew Bledsoe on the radio um, on satellite radio today talking about Tom, Bledsoe, uh, Tom Brady as his backup. And, you know, Brady said a year and a half, it would have been two. But here's the thing about even when you draft a kid, now there was no pressure, obviously, then because Brady was the equivalent of a free agent in today's market. Um, but the thinking of old school traditional coaches, and Andy Reid did this too, as long as your star, your starter, is playing well, then there's no pressure to put the rookie in. The pressure comes not with a bad throw, you know, because we have fans that hyperventilate (laughs) on any little thing. Yes. But it it comes from, okay, if you start to see the decline, then it's time for the kid to come in, right? So if your starter's playing well, that was the the bane of Jeff Hostetler's existence on this team. He hated the fact that he could not play and he was drafted high enough, but Phil Simms kept rolling. Kept rolling, right? right? So Bill Parcells would always say, these things will take care of themselves. Right. And certainly, you know, injury occurred. Jeff got a shot. He took us to a Super Bowl. Um, but there's, no, there's nothing that mandates, other than that truth serum called competition, that mandates because you draft a guy, you have to play him his first year. If the other guy's winning for you, and he's doing a great job, right. well, sit back, relax, young fella. Right. Your time is coming because this guy's getting old. Sure, you saw it in Green Bay, Carl. Sure. You know, you saw it in Green Bay. So that, that, the more things change in this league, the more they stay the same. It's just that we have a, a knee-jerk um, environment, a sports society or yep. sports environment, where they think you need to change something right away. Change for the sake of change. Change because a guy had a bad game is not what you want. You know, we had, and they're so quiet right now, the people who were calling for Kyle Luletta, right? Right. Oh, Eli sucks, put Kyle in, we need to see. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, folks, the Giants saw what you didn't, and they saw a kid that is still a young quarterback who came from a smaller program. Why did they draft him? To develop him. That's why they drafted him but not to put him in because you guys said that he was ready. Um, now, I'm, it is my hope that Kyle Luletta continues to develop mm-hmm. as a pro, um, but I think he will tell you that Washington game taught him a lot about real football, you know, because when you're doing it in practice and the conditions are all controlled and you can – answer every question because the game plan says this and it's not live action coming at you. You know, the, I don't want to say use the word ammunition, but the hailstorm ain't coming yet, right? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you step out and they put you in there and the first thing you see is a blitz mm-hmm. and your blitz reads all of a sudden speed up. The timing of your throw speeds up and it's not the same pace that it was in college, I mean in, in uh, practice, or in college, boy, pick, you know, uh, pick on the first one, near pick on the second one. 
He rolls out, makes one easy completion just to kind of get his nerves settled. And guess what happens? It was a nightmare. And then not managing down and distance field position, taking a sack instead of just throwing the ball into the arms of another guy wasn't the worst thing you could do when you're backed up. All of these things a quarterback has to be able to process. How do they process them? Through experience. So I'm not down on Kyle Luletta. I just think he knows that he can take that film, that experience, and build upon it, right? Now he comes into training camp this next season with an idea of what live live hailstorms are like, you know? And he will be able to now process at a different level. It's all a pro- – there are very few quarterbacks in this league, and, Paul, you've been around for a long time. I think we're transitioning over to Big DK Live now. <laughs> yeah, I see that, yeah. <laughs> but you've been around for a long time, and you've seen a lot of great quarterbacks that did not hit the ground running. For sure. So I, so I don't – That used to be the norm. Well, yes, yeah. because there's still 11 guys on the other side of the field, right? You get these guys, a guy like uh, Mahomes, right? What would he have looked like his his rookie year? You know, there was word, and I wish we could get there. There was word in last offseason where there was a writer that wrote that Mahomes couldn't throw the ball. He was throwing them in the dirt. He looked mm-hmm. like crap. But his process was behind another guy, and he got out there. He was more comfortable with the game, and now you see he owns the game when he's playing that position. So. Uh, it's a process. It doesn't matter, you know, if you guys want to see a guy, why? So you can have one more thing to to be um, angry about or to, to try to be right. We told you so. The guy should have been in there. Coaches know. Coaches see these things so much clearer because they get the data in real time. You guys get theory. You get um, wish list from, you know, some – talking head who say put a guy in there who knows nothing about the player either other than what maybe the player's agent tells them or what the player is secretly telling them and it just doesn't work that way in sports and um, I always say that the the best truth serum in sports is competition because the player knows at that point the coaches know Mm -hmm. and ain't no fooling anybody you know um and I, I, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, but it's it's no surprise to me that we haven't do heard. Do Knicks qualify as basketball? Yeah, they do. My heart's bleeding. I'm a Knicks fan. My heart's bleeding. But just think about this for a second, folks. <laughs> and when we talk about the echo chamber of sports society, we heard a guy talk about his sons. They're going to be the greatest in the world, mm. right? Yes. Um, he moves one son from college to college and it's always the coach's fault, right? And then he takes them overseas and it's, you know, that coach's fault, right? And then he's got one whose dream come true was to play with the L.A. Lakers. Mm -hmm. The truth serum is when he's out there and he can't shoot, Mm -hmm. he knows Mm -hmm. and everybody else knows so Mm -hmm. he can yap, 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 but nobody's believing it anymore because the, the best truth serum in sports is competition. You put him out there and you say he can play, and you want to see him, once you see him, now you know why he's not in there all the time. Or you see how much more work they have to do. So um, I think they were protecting Kyle Luletta as best they could so that they can get him in an environment. It was a blowout game, right? But they wanted to get him in an environment so he could get the experience. But he will tell you now that the experience that that he was having leading up to that game and the experience that he had in game is totally different. I'm sorry. You had one more question? Well, actually, there's an appendix to that question, Carl, that I think is important based on what you just said. Is it not true, in your opinion, and I think I already know the answer, that the quarterback position is probably the one spot on the field where sitting behind somebody as a rookie is the most valuable? It is. It is. I mean, because... There's theory of playing quarterback. Um, there's a flow of information that you have to learn to process in on paper, then in practice, then in game. And all of those conditions change, and they accelerate 
from paper, you can say you can raise your hand and say, Coach, I got the answer to that, right? Then they do a walkthrough. You recognize it, got it. All of a sudden, there's all these moving parts, and the <laughs> same guy that in the walkthrough all of a sudden jumps from somewhere, but he comes through the same hole. And now all of a sudden, it's different. So, and then that's just practice. Now in the game, it becomes a lot of moving parts. And you got it, experience is the best teacher. And here's the other thing. The one position that has the most mistakes in the history of football, guess what it is? Do you know? Has to be quarterback. Quarterback. I mean, I mean, there have been more misses. There have been more misses at the quarterback position than any other yeah. position in football. And when you bust on the QB, you really bust. You badly. set back ten. You, you set, set back back ten years. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Paul, you we, made, we sorry, got Paul. calls coming, Chris. Actually, okay, the boss it. is telling me we want to get some of these calls because people want to talk to you guys. Okay. So okay. that's cool. We got Carl. We got Chris. We got Paul. We start with Alex uh, from Florida. You're on line number one. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? How are you both all today? Hi. Good. 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 Um, my question is for Carl, but uh, both of you guys can also answer and weigh in as well. Um, I'll make it quick. I know we have a good show today. Um, so you see these tight ends such as like a Zach Ertz or Rob Gronkowski. Um, you know, they're hybrid tight ends, about 6'5", 240, 250. Um, and I know on our own roster we have uh, like Evan Ingram. He's a little bit smaller but a receiver type. Um, and Ellison, who's a little bit bigger, he can block, he can catch passes. Um, so I wanted to know really, are they the two answers for us um, for like a two tight end set? Um, helping the O-line block and Saquon Barkley that we just acquired, also with uh, receiving and play action? Um, or uh, are we going to work on shoring up that offensive line to try to help these two guys out? Well, I think the two tight ends you have are a great complement to the offense and they're a great complement to each other because um, Evan Ingram has improved his blocking, but also uh, Red Ellison has improved as a pass catcher. So both guys, the coaches can feel comfortable putting in the game. Obviously, uh, with Ingram, you can do a lot more. Um, outside of the box. But I think you continue to improve your offensive line. Those two guys, I don't think you will find when he's on a more effective weapon at tight end than Evan Ingram because he has such a skill set. And you saw that the last four games of the season where he was just pretty much unstoppable when they got the ball in his hands. Uh, line three has Luigi, and since he's a paisan, I'm going to let Chris take care of this call. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Hello, Luigi. You're next on the show. Hello. Are you there? Luigi, full start, five you, yards. You might have scared him with that paisan it, call. It is first and 15. Call us back, Luigi. Mark from Chicago is on line four. He wants to know about linebackers. I, I think I know no. who he wants to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. It's uh, an honor to, to address my question to Carl. But first, uh, for Chris, I just want to say I enjoy the Giants Insider. And, uh, you know, you. one thing is that uh, most of the, I bet a lot of the people that get it and also that listen to this show are people that don't live in, in New York. Right. And one of the things that happened in one of your predecessor publications, they had a feature where they had a list of sports bars where Giants fans congregated so you could look at the game with – uh, like-minded fans. I'd like to see you try, guys try to bring that feature back, bring that feature into your publication. Okay. So there's a forum for people to get together that don't live in New York. Okay. So if you could address that, that'd be really cool. Okay, we we'll definitely look into that. No, no question. All right. Thanks. Um, and my question for Carl is, and for you, Chris, too, or or Paul. You know, my concern is, you know, we've not been able to cover tight ends forever. Mm. You know, you looked at the middle of the field this year. You know, it was a wasteland for people to just go and catch passes. And the prior regime here really did not put a lot of effort in finding this linebackers. And it's complicated by the fact that we went from a 4-3 to a 3-4, so we need even more linebackers. And we just, I don't think, have the guys that we need. So my question is, do we really have guys like Goodson and, and uh, Martin and Ogletree that are good going forward and to get the kinds of guys we need. What is the prototypical linebacker that we need now in today's NFL? And where do we get them? Can we get them in free agency? Do we get them in the draft? I know you can't talk about specific players, mm -hmm. but maybe you could use something as an example. And I'll listen to it off the air. Thanks. Well, I think when you talk about Ogletree, I think he's more than capable 
of uh, being great in pass coverage. As a matter of fact, he led all linebackers in interceptions this year. So he can certainly go backwards. I think when we talk about the middle of the field, and it sometimes varies on coverage, but I will say that talent does factor in uh, into some of these, these gaping holes in the middle. Uh, if you're in zone defense, you've got to know how to complement your, your two deep safeties. If you're in a blitz of some sort, you've got to know how to play your inside technique, especially if you're in a cover one or a cover zero. You don't want everybody barreling down on the, sa- on the single high safety because single high safety is going to take the biggest threat to him, which is whatever one's coming fastest at him. So you've got to be able to play good technique, and they have to be able to teach it. I, I, you know, I know they've got good coaches here, and I'm going to assume that when they put a blitz in, they go over every responsibility, and guys will know what their technique should be. It's a function of whether they can actually play those techniques. So they've got to find better uh, linebackers, athletic linebackers. In regards to B.J. Goodson, I think I don't think he gets enough credit. Like and one of the things that I think holds B.J. Goodson back is he overthinks it and not just play football. Because if they didn't give, and, and if they didn't give B.J. Goodson a playbook, right? And they said, "Go out and play linebacker." I have I've seen a lot of players know mm-hmm. how to find a football. Mm-hmm. If you told him go play linebacker and you didn't give him a playbook. Mm-hmm. He's a kid that knows how to find the football. And when you are looking at film on linebackers, the first thing you ask yourself is, does he know how to find the football? You know, um, you see a lot of guys that have height, weight, speed, and they athletic, this guy's athletic. Tell me all that all you want to, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't know how to naturally find the football. Call. I agree with you. You know, a lot of people are down on B.J. Goodson. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's always injured. He's always this. Okay? But I, I put it on Twitter numerous times. He has a knack for something. He has a knack. He gets to the ball. Knows how to find the he's football. He's around the ball. Correct. This is a kid you don't give up on. I know he had the injuries and all that, but what I like about it, I look at Goodson, and I see a kid that gets to the ball. He's always around that, it. That this is, is a kid that has an upside call. Yeah, and see, and, here's the thing. <clears throat> he missed time. Right. His first full year of playing. So he's still learning uh, the game at position. the pro level. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have to learn how to play football. And that's the one thing he's got to do is learn to get out of his own way. Call. he got more snaps towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was very effective. Paul, I, 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 as, mm-hmm. he, as last, the latter half of the season... You know, there was injuries and all that, and Ogletree with the... He got more snaps. I thought he played pretty good. This is a kid with an upside. I you know, I know a lot of people are down on him, but I think he's a plus for the future of this Yeah, team. he's just got to he's gotta get out of his own way sometimes. He overthinks it. Just play. And just play, because like I said, if they didn't give him the play, or if the play was late getting in, mm-hmm. and he didn't get it, once that ball is snapped, he would know how to find the football and get to the tackle. We got a two-minute warning here to change out Jerry and Chris, but Luigi is called back, so Chris, you need to take this call. Go ahead. <laughs> Hello, you're next hey on guys. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Oh, good. Hey, guys, how we doing? Good. Is this Lou? Good, listen to me. I'm a, yeah, is this yeah, Lou from Staten Island? <laughs> Go ahead, right. Lou. <laughs> I'm, I'm just let, and I, Chris knows it, okay? Chris knows me personally. I go to every game. I'm a season ticket holder. People bash and bash and bash Eli. Your opinion, your opinion. Next year we get Nick Foles. We get Teddy Bridgewater, anybody. He's going to be better than Eli Manning? He's going to throw more touchdowns than Eli Manning? With the time that Eli has behind the offensive line, is, are they going to be both better or is he equal to Eli Manning? Well, I tell you what, Lou, you saw what Eli could do in the second half of the season when he had a little bit of offensive line in front of him. The offense was not the problem with this team in the second half. You know, so as far as, you know, Foles or Bridgewater and stuff like that, are they going to be more effective than Eli? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I, Paul, I, I, you know, to me, second half, Eli wasn't the problem on this team. It was the defense that was the problem. Well, the Giants averaged over 27 points a game in the second half of the season, which was top six, I believe, in the National Football League. Yep. So anybody who and, wants to point to the quarterback being the problem is not watching football. And let's, right. let's clarify something, too, because people kept saying, 
oh, it was in garbage time. With the exception of two games, they're in every game. They were competitive games right down yeah, to the wire. Like we're, we're Outside talking, of the Titans game, that was a shutout. Right. So we're talking about games that were lost by a touchdown or less, especially in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Colts game call. Yeah. I mean, they're in it all the way. Four times this year, Eli gave the Giants a lead inside the final two minutes, and then the defense coughed it up, and they lost. Paul, that Colts game, call that Colts game. They were they, the Colts were feeling good about themselves. Man, yeah, they were coming off that of shutout against the Cowboys, and that defense was feeling good. Well, yeah, and that Giant offense, they moved the ball well with them in the first half of the game. Twenty-seven points, you got to win the game, you know. So you look at things like that, and you say, well, people say, you know, Eli can't do this anymore, and he can't get the points on the board, and, all that. and you look at that game, and you say, who slow down. You know what I mean? Because you. Look, what, yeah. you know, look what they're doing there. Look what they did there. Look what they did. You know what? And that Cowboy team, they had their first unit out there the last game, Paul. Yeah. It was like, you know, right, call They, yeah. they had mm-hmm. their first unit. They were playing but, to win, and they did some good things. Well, see, them. and for the giant fan who lives in the bubble, who thinks that Eli is horrible under pressure, he was also rated pretty decent under pressure. But look at... It gives you a classic example. Philip Rivers went to Foxborough, and they put pressure on him, <laughs> and he was chucking and ducking, yep. right? Um, no one on that national broadcast said, well, he's about done. Nobody. You know, nobody nope. said nobody. he's about done. Nope. But here's, here's the thing, folks, and, and this is not a Philip Rivers bash, but if New England gave you the same looks that the Baltimore Ravens did, mm-hmm and you couldn't figure it out after seeing it, yeah. then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong coaching-wise, yep. and, and nobody's criticizing the, the quarterback, but if you saw that blitz and they gave you the exact same looks Belichick and you had no way. He did the same thing. Yeah, the exact did same thing. Mm-hmm. Exact same coverage and looks, and he wasn't able to um, do anything about it. What does that tell you? Tells you need some time. There's a question, Twitter question. How come you're not wearing your buffoon crew (laughs) t-shirt? I was hoping to bring one in. I was hoping to get a uh, shot with you, Carl, but totally forgot about it. Well, Twitter wanted to know that. Chris Bisignano from Giant Insider. He's going to swap himself out here. It's halftime. It's halftime. Jerry Foley's got to come on in. Chris, are you fulfilled in the way this podcast smash-up is going? Absolutely, Carl. I just want to make sure you say Because it was selfish of me to want to put you on. Here, not selfish. have you benefit from it. This is the 58. Self not have you feel like you're benefiting also. Jerry, <laughs> get in think here. Think about this. We're sitting here at this table, kind of like the old linebacking crew, the Big Blue Wrecking Crew. Yeah. We don't match up to those other guys. Anyway, we want to remind you the Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. So once again, Paul Dottino, Carl Banks, and now Jerry Foley of Giant Insider. Jerry, you've had an opportunity to, to watch the first 30 minutes of the program. We want to let you get in, get in on this. And, and I know that uh, over the course of time, you and Carl have certainly had your chats uh, through the, uh, the Twitter app as well. Yes. Uh, what, what is the primary thing that you and Carl usually jive about? Oh, I don't know if we can talk about it on here. Right? <laughs> we talk about the stews. We don't have any stews coming on yet. Where are you guys at? It's, I, well, everybody that talks so much trash, but gonna, there's no stew on We're going to get to them in a second, but right. I want to give Jerry a chance to open up here. I would say it's the, the Twitter GMs, as Carl says. So a lot of guys who don't really know the ins and outs and, and have their opinions, and that's fine. That's what kind of makes Twitter interesting. But um, I would say that's, that's the, the, the biggest conversation. All right, fair enough. CJ is from the Bronx. He's online too. Uh, you've got Jerry, Carl, and Paul. Hello. How you guys doing? Good. Carl, I'm a big fan of yours. Anytime you want to fan of me, my favorite download. Oh, thank um, you. First thing I want to say, if I repeat anything that was said yesterday, my four, I didn't, I didn't give, have a chance to listen to the show yet. Oh yet. Um, I got a problem with James Butcher. Okay. A guy across the river, well, across, uh, across Jersey. Jets have Greg Williams now. Okay. Greg Williams, a lot of people don't like, but he, he gets things done. Okay. Um, I didn't see much improvement from our defense very much at all. Lorenzo Carter got a couple pass rushes, a couple moves now. That's great. He has long arms. He doesn't use them. And that irks, that, that irks me. Okay. So, uh, CJ, let's take, let's take that point as it is now uh, before we move to the next part of your question. So, I will agree that um, Lorenzo Carter needs to continue to work. But as a rookie, 
he has grown before our eyes. So he'll learn to use his hands because he he's a he knows how to rush the passer. He's just got to develop in that area. He's a rookie. He's not a guy that you brought in here free agency wise, paid a lot of money, and you're getting no production. He's giving you a lot of production for a rookie. His impact um, on this defense is certainly one of the bright spots um, on this team. Now, you want to talk about James Betcher. Um, do you know where James Betcher's defense is ranked when he was in Arizona? 3-4. No, no, where they ranked. Oh, what? yeah, they started off slow, but it came on strong. I He's think it was had every, his three years in Arizona, he had top ten defenses mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So let's not assume he forgot how to coordinate <laughs> defenses. Let's assume that when he gets better players, he'll be able to do better things with this roster. Um, it, you're limited. I mean, listen, if you got – and this is no disrespect. This is all about talent right now, that truth serum that I talk about. When you put Nate Stupar in the game in critical situations in the red zone, that tells you the level of talent that he has to work with. And um, when he has better, he'll do better. I guarantee you that. And I can tell you, he's had some great game plans, and they weren't executed, and it wasn't the player's fault. They play hard. I'm saying on the surface, they just weren't good enough in some situations. So um, you can have Greg Williams. I'll take James Betcher, and I guarantee you, you give apples to apples, Betcher will see any defensive coordinator eye to eye. Oh. <laughs> you have more confidence in him than I do. Well, look, there's, there's a thing I tell you. I call it the truth serum in sports, competition. When he's out there and he's got a complement of players and they're out there competing, you can see what his defenses can do. You can ask around the league. He's three years in Arizona. He's a top 10 defense. He didn't forget that. Yeah, those are facts. Thank you, CJ, for the call. Jer- Jerry, the, the folks who, who, who hit you guys up uh, through your publication and, and your Twitter yeah. site, uh, are they understanding that Betcher was basically dealing with a deck that was short of a few cards? I mean, uh, there's no question, like Carl said, and even Dave Gettleman himself said, we got to get more impact players on defense. I mean, there are some that always blame the coach no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But I think most of them understand that there needs to be more talent on defense. I, we keep saying there's going to be probably four, there could be as many as four new starters next year on defense. Who knows? Mm-hmm. The, the back end of the defense, again, like Carl said, no disrespect, but needs to be upgraded in certain spots. And you know, there was, the pass rush was non-existent. So if you're not blitzing, you're not going to get you're going to give any quarterback all that time. They're going to struggle. So, but I think most people understand the that it was more of a talent issue on defense. And here's the thing about it, too. When you have um, a dilemma to blitz or cover, if you can't get a pass rush, right, and you want to start blitzing guys, well, if they don't get there and you can't cover on the back end, it's a losing proposition either way. Yeah, the risk-reward becomes risk-risk. Right. No, <laughs> that doesn't right. work. But but let's here's a case in point. If you want to know how good – of a coach and a game planner James Betcher is. The Giants got blown out by the Tennessee Titans, right? How many tackles were missed yeah, behind the line right. of scrimmage? Brutal. Yeah, Landon Collins' injury killed him. But just, just ask yourself this. Yeah. How many times did you have a safety in the, back, in the backfield with a first hit? Now, he game planned that so that you can get this guy, but then once you miss that tackle, he's off to the races. You see what I'm saying? So, no talent factors in what a coach can do. And, and as, I was going to say, as bad as that game was, that game was like 7 nothing until midway through the third yeah. quarter. Yeah. So but they couldn't they tackle anybody. Right. That's right. This is true. Uh, full bank of phone calls. So we go to line four and Carl from Syracuse here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi. 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 <laughs> uh, so, Carl, this is another Carl, but it's Carl, Carl with Carl. a K. Hello, K, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big fan. Um so it's nice to talk to you guys. Uh, would you agree that on the offensive side of the ball, the, you know, a right tackle or, or offensive tackle is ma- and, and right guard is maybe two of the positions of need? Um, I mean, I know we had the center that got hurt. And hopefully he is uh, getting healthy and coming back. Uh, but on the defensive side of the ball, given the needs that we have for playmakers, what, what, how would you rate what the biggest need is? Like, Riley did get some interceptions later in the year, uh, but he, he poor tackling. 
Um, so safety is a, a need, and we don't know what we're going to get from our supplemental third-round pick. Um, hopefully, you know, he turns into a good player. But Sam Beal. Um, and then we need more pressure on quarterback. Um, would you say maybe defensive outside linebacker, defensive end might be the highest position of need and then safety? Um, no, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start from back to front. Um, I think you've got to have a good corner. Um, you've got to have another good safety. You've got to have another good linebacker. And you got to have a pass rush. See, you can get a linebacker slash pass rusher in one pick or with one player. But the reality is you have a, a defense that's devoid of talent. When you think about this roster, B.W. Webb should be on this NFL roster. Should he be your number one corner? No. He should probably be your third corner. But he gives you everything he has, and he's made some plays for this team. But if you have a top-flight corner, then you're going to have this top-flight corner, and you're probably – I, I have no insight on the plans, but uh, Jack Rabbit mm -hmm. in another corner, and then a third corner as B.W. Webb, you're going to be good. And then if you got to put another safety in, Michael Thomas – you're going to be good. But when you press these guys into action, you get what they give you. You get what they're capable of, and they're not capable in some instances. So you can't coach a player out of a tail whipping sometimes. they got to be able to defend for themselves once they get the call in. The good news, Jerry, is that this draft is heavy in defensive players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, for And pass rushers, it, it's very deep. So yeah. it, if you have to improve your, your defense, this is the draft where you want to be drafting high and have a lot of picks, so. Fortuitous for the Giants in yep, that regard. That's right. Line three has Marco from Connecticut. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. Thank you, and uh, good to be with you guys. Carl, been listening to you for a long time with Joe and Evan, and uh, obviously a big fan of yours thank with you. the Giants. Um, hey, I, I wanted to call up because earlier I heard you, what you were saying about the QB position, and I wanted to get your take on, especially like the QB position the last maybe like four or five years. I, I think just looking from a fan's point of view that it's changed a lot. And I'm kind of curious on what you think uh, on how the positions changed. Because earlier you mentioned, you know, there'd be uh, big misses could really set a franchise back. And people still think that way. And also, um, you know, players would come in and maybe ideally they'd back up one, two years and then they're ready. Uh, but what you're seeing now uh, around the league is, first off, there's a huge influx every year, it seems like, of really good quarterbacks that are coming from everywhere. Like Carson Wentz came from, uh, you know, a school that wasn't State. on the radar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and even as I was on hold, I was thinking about the kid that the Giants played against this year from San Francisco, Mullins. It seems like he was, he's was he been coached up and he's been put in a good um, system, too, where he could, I mean, not maybe be a star, but be – productive but here's my point uh, it seems like teams can bounce back faster now from a miss at quarterback and younger guys are coming in more equipped to play right away um I, so here's i think my point is going forward i would like to see the team when they do turn over uh, do it through the draft because i think with teams like the eagles uh, the Rams, and now you're going to see this from Cleveland. I think Cleveland is a huge team on the rise because they have the best strategy out of all the teams in the league where they have a cheap, young, good quarterback on a rookie contract, and that what that allows you to do with the rest of your roster. And like I said, these guys aren't um, – their quality is pretty high. They could come in and play. So when they're low on the salary cap, the team is really able to maximize that opportunity. Marco, we got a full phone bank. I'm going to have to let you go, but the point that he's making is very good, guys, in that if you've got a low-salaried quarterback, it does allow you a lot more flexibility under the salary cap. In fact, Tom Brady has given the Patriots so much money to work with in renegotiations. Listen, Tom's not working for free. <laughs> no, he's let not. Tell, and let me he's tell got you, a wife, they, by the hey, way, who's hey, making a lot of money. Newsflash. <laughs> newsflash. All the money that the Patriots are saving, they ain't pouring it into other positions either. They're not overpaying anybody in New England. They never do. Belichick you see what I'm saying? Does. So him giving up extra money for them to be able to do some other things, you're, they're signing guys you never heard of, and they're signing guys that they've evaluated. I'm not going to say never heard of, but that they've evaluated 
that are kind of under the radar that can make impact. They do really well with their depth, Carl, sure. by getting those guys. Sure. You know, now the that's filling where, guys. That's where your savings at quarterback can help you on the back end of your roster. Yep. It doesn't help you on the front end of the roster, but you have to understand when you're investing – you're investing into the strengths of your teams and the weaknesses of your team. But, you know, a guy like um, Josh Allen in Buffalo, right, mm-hmm. um, was made possible by Joe Flacco. You know, going to a small school, right. um, scouts now say, well, yeah, guy's guy got some talent. he got some talent. Yes, you've got to draft a good quarterback, but the key component is he's got to be able to play. You can't draft a guy and wish in today's NFL. You've got to really look at the things that are that are prerequisites for playing quarterback at this level in the league. And if he has it, don't assume he's going to hit the ground running. The success that Baker Mayfield is having, he's not he, he's not having it on his own. They're max protecting him. They're getting two-man patterns, and his receivers are getting open. Mm-hmm. They're doing a hell of a job in game planning, but they're also allowing him to grow because then they're going to open up the field even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a guy like Lamar Jackson, he ain't going to change the league. You know, um, what happened in four game, that four-game sampling, and then he got to the playoffs and saw something he never saw before, yeah. faster guys? Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's going to be the blueprint in this copycat league. Oh, and they have tape now, on him now, Carl. They have tape on they him. They have tape, and they have tape on how to defend him. Now it's going to be up to him because now the training wheels are off. Yeah. Yep. You had your success running around. Now the training wheels are off. What are you going to do to combat those six or seven DBs? What is your team going to do? Carson Wentz, great player, right? Now you talk about the new style quarterback coming in the league. The best ability is availability. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't have Nick Foles to drag them into the playoffs, yep. they're up the creek because you got a quarterback who's been hurt every year he's been in the league. Which quarterback, by the way, in the league has been the most durable over the last 15 years? <laughs> All right, listen. I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to say this without even – I'm just even, curious. I'm, I'm just even, wondering. Folks, without even saying who's been the most durable, there's a reason why they changed the rules. It's – to protect the quarterback. Do you know the safest place for a quarterback is with five or six dif- the, the pocket. Uh, yeah, five or six guys surrounding him. Mm-hmm. They can see it coming. They can uh, limit the impact of some of these hits. But when you start running around out there, you're on your own. Now, and then with Jackson, he was he became mistake prone. I'm hoping he has a great career because he has a weapon in his speed but he's got to learn how to pass the football, too, because yeah. that's required in this league. Yeah, there's a fine line between being able to extend plays and then being so mobile that you're putting yourself in danger. Sure. And that could be what Wentz is ha- what's happening with Wentz. Happened we saw with RG3 was kind of the latest, greatest thing. Until, until they weren't. Exactly. Until defense is figuring them so out. That's, that's and the then fine the line. And then the kid with the 49ers, right? Yeah. Shanahan's a great uh, um, architect for, you know, short term. Right. He did it for RG3, right? Gave him half the field, put a lot of people in it. He made plays. Did the same thing with this quarterback. When Garoppolo comes back, it becomes a different offense in the sense that they're going to be able to use the entire field. It's no coincidence that that tight end caught more balls when Garoppolo was out because they didn't want him going down the field a lot, so they used a tight end. Now, folks, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. Jerry, I have a hunch that the quarterback controversy or dilemma, the one that's been created by so many people who are anti-Eli, is the hottest button uh, that you guys get at Giant Insider, is it not? Oh, seven out of ten tweets are about the quarterback position and and what they should do. Should they keep Eli? Do they cut? Do they um, not cut him, but but do they renegotiate? Do they go for someone else? Do they draft someone So here's a question I have for you, Jerry. When everyone talks about the money a player makes, right? I won't have him back at his salary. They he should he should take I'll take him back. It's not your money. That's right. It's not. It's not. It's not your money. That's right. You know, I'm sure Eli Manning has adjusted his salary when the team has needed him to benefit uh, to help benefit the team. Um, But like to say you'll have him back, but not at his salary for no other rhyme and reason. 
That ain't your money. You're I, not paying for it. And if you tell me you're a season ticket holder, you st <laughs> it still ain't your money. I, I think I think where people come in, where they're coming from, is maybe there's a lot of other needs on this team, and he's taking. Well, up that's what they have. A, but that's right. why they have a salary. Right. Cap, that's right. right. That's why they have a draft. Yep. Um, free agency is not to build a team. That's uh, right. Free agency is to supplement. supplement. Yep. Now, without going too deep into it, because again, I'm not on my own platform, but I will say this. If any team, including this one, drafts correctly to address things, you don't overpay right. for players that all of a sudden become a necessity. Exactly right. And you know, there are people that complain about certain players that make too much money and not giving you enough. Well, you had a need to fill, and that was the best available. That's right. Right? Yep. So you had to pay. You had to pay what they were asking. It was a mercenary situation. Yep. When you develop your roster year after year, and drafting is not an exact science, folks, but when you focus on your roster and you develop and you focus on your drafting, you're going to hit more than you miss. But here's the key. If you miss, don't give them a scholarship just so you don't look bad. Cut your losses. Cut your losses and get the next guy in there. That's what you have to do. Um, and that's across the board for all 32 teams in the NFL. It's not exclusive to this one. So what I'm saying is if you're counting on somebody else's salary to build your team through free agency, you're losing. That's right. You, you're, you're on the sugar high. Those guys, free agents, are supplemental pieces. They complement the work you've done in the draft. Those are the guys that help you get over the top. Right. If you see a team that's so active in free agency, that's telling you that they ain't been they haven't been very the good. The draft picks have been working out and they're overpaying and, for you guys. Know, exhibit right. A. Yep. Right? right. Um and there's no coincidence that eighty six percent, it may have been even more, of this roster turned over. By the by the end mm -hmm. of this season, I think there were eleven guys. Those I think it was 12. It might have been 11. 12 guys. I thought it was 12. But, yeah. It They're was, on the roster out of how many? Man. 63? Well, and that, well, if you include the injured guys, yeah. yeah. And that's, see, that's why when Dave Gettleman said, you know, his primary goal this year, yeah, you want to win. You want to be in playoff contention. For sure you do. But his primary goal was to change the makeup of that locker room. Yeah. Change the makeup of the team. I tell people all the time, if you don't have good concrete to pour the foundation, the house will not stand. You're absolutely right. And because it just continues to crumble. I say the only time that worked, I think, was '84, when they turned over 22 guys mm. and went to nine and seven from three, twelve, and one. And yeah, first that was round my rookie year. So yeah. well, that's when, that out there. That's yeah. when Tuna decided he wanted to do things that's his right. way. Also, yep. but then right. you keep in mind you can have 80 guys in training camp, 90 guys in training camp. So yeah. you got a chance mm -hmm. to to really try to get some guys in there that work for you. Oh, we go to uh, John in North Carolina. John, you're on line three. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Hi. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, uh, Jerry, proud member of the Buffoon Crew, been nice. following you guys on Twitter for a <laughs> I while. I've been watching crew. you for years. So, T-shirt, thank, um, thank you. Definitely appreciate you guys taking a call. Thank you for coming. What's your question? Yeah, so, um, and this is just my perception. I could be totally off, but I'm curious from your guys' perspective. It seemed like at the beginning of the year, the defense, and I know there's a lot of deficiencies that took place. Jerry Reese really put him in a bad hole, and there was a lot, like he said, that had to happen with turnover, only 11, 12 guys left. But it seemed like the defensive side of the ball, there was some cohesiveness at the beginning of the year. They were holding teams a little bit better. Now, near the end of the year, I know there were some injuries. They got rid of Eli Apple. Snacks was gone. So there was a lot of changes. Um, it seemed like it kind of shifted near the end of the year. The offense really got going. Like you said, they were averaging close to 30 points a game. Um, but did it seem like to you guys that there was kind of more of a – and not saying that they didn't play as competitive. I think that no one gave up, um, and when they did, they got cut or they got traded or they got sat. But it seemed like at the beginning of the year, the defense was kind of rolling and holding teams a little bit better than they were in the end of the year. Do you think they just got a – you know, was it just the lack of talent? I mean, what, what, what from your perspective, seemed to happen? Well, I think, again, um, when you look at this defensive roster, you had starters that hadn't even been in football. Uh, you had starters who were on the street. So eventually that catches up with you during the course of a season. Those guys are normally what they are. They don't become uh, on-the-street free agents and all of a sudden become all pros. 
Um, they're on a roster if they've got that potential. The Giants had to get these guys in there. Um, they knew going into the season that the safety position was going to be one that they had to get addressed. Um, they drafted some linebackers. They drafted some interior linemen. Now you just, they planted the seeds. Now it's just watching them grow. And a lot of those guys, you take B.J. Hill, for instance, um, looks like a very, very good pick. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson from last year, very good pick. I mean, guys that are just coming into their own. You look at Lorenzo Carter, very good yeah. mm -hmm. pick. So now you're starting to see four, five, six guys out of 11 that you drafted. Uh, on both sides of the ball, then you say, okay, we got something here. Now we can just watch these guys grow, but they've got to put demands on these young players now. you got to take the next step. Last year was fun. Yeah. Now you know what it is. Lorenzo Carter, here's what you got to do. You've got to add to your repertoire pass yeah. rush because you got one move. Yep. You're too good for that. What's your counter when somebody short sets you? Right. He struggled. How's your footwork and your hands working together? That should be your mandate for the offseason. And I say this, um, I always use basketball references. And one of a hell of a basketball player I love watching play is Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. right? Ben Simmons can distribute the ball. He can penetrate. Ben Simmons can't shoot free throws. Right. Ben Simmons can't shoot an outside shot yeah. consistently. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Ben Simmons was hurt one year. Yeah. He had all offseason to practice free throws. Right. When he's injured and he left the playoffs and he couldn't shoot, if that were a Kobe Bryant, you know what he did? He worked on everything he couldn't do. LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Mm -hmm. They said he could only go one way in the paint. Right. The next season he came back, he was two ways in the paint. Now you can't stop him. So my point to these young players, don't stay good at what you're good at already. Continue to hone that, but work on the things you're not good at work on your counters to the things you're good at because the one thing you're good at what i know and then watching the giants versus the chicago bears if they can take the one thing you're good at away from you you got nothing yeah. you're ineffective and i looked at that and i i am a huge fan of khalil mack just to be clear on record and i think he is one of the greats in this game today but if I'm strategically going to attack him, I'm going to make him work against the run. Yeah. And see, this is the one thing when they start comparing him to Lawrence Taylor, you're not running on Lawrence Taylor. Right. Um, <laughs> someone just, someone just I quoted Bill Belichick, one of the New England papers, asking about Bavaro, and he said it was must-see when Lawrence and Bavaro went at it in practice, yeah. when me and Bavaro went at it in practice. You know why? Because if Bavaro was the best blocking tight end in football and you're Lawrence Taylor and you good as you you know, you're as good as they say you are, yeah. Mark Bavaro's not blocking you. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So young players, your mandate is to do the things that make you better and more complete, not continue to work on your passing or your dribbling or your one pass or your speed rush. What's your counter rush? What does Aaron Donald do when he's when somebody takes him, he's got a counter for everything. Right. That's the mark of greatness. How much of that do you think is the rookie wall, Carl? I mean, is that a thing? or? No. I mean, yeah. um, it's so easy now not to hit the rookie wall because yeah. you don't do anything all week. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> right. the rookie wall is simply, in my opinion, it's oh. a mental wall. Yeah. Because a physical rookie wall, you don't get worn down. Right. You don't do anything. All right, we got one more phone call. It's Charlie from Portland, Maine. We, he is are we going to go an extra too. hour today or no? Uh, we'll go a couple extra minutes no, to get this missing. call in. We got one tweet we got to get to, and then and then we'll sign okay. off. Charlie, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. Happy Hi, to Charlie. Get a raise after today's show. How's that? <laughs> Good to talk to you again. Go ahead. Hey, uh, Carl and uh, your other guest, uh, is it Jerry? Jerry. Yes. Jerry. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, what seems what the Giants seem to do? At least in the other regime, we always did this, create more holes than we had to begin with. And what I mean by that is if we get rid of, say, OV, and we get rid of Jackrabbit, we just created, instead of needing one good pass rusher, now we need two. Instead of having, you know, good cornerbacks, now we're going to have to get two more cornerbacks. 
it always seems like we're always creating more holes. And if we don't keep Eli, we're still going to need a backup, and now we're going to need a starter. So now we've created another hole. And that's okay if you bring in players as good or better, but we never do that. We never bring in somebody who is better. So I'm hoping that Gettleman will not do that and create more holes than we already have. And the other thing I just want to say about Gettleman is that I wish he could have just said that I made a mistake on signing Omama, which I call Omama. Actually, he did he say that. He cut him, Charlie. Yeah, right. He actually did say it didn't work out the way he wanted it to. Yeah, yeah but he said, he, I, well, he was a good locker room guy. Hey, he, they spent $6 million for two locker room guys. What are they running, a daycare center? They could have paid me $100,000, and I would have had that locker room feeling pretty good. I'm yeah, telling you. Giving so, them to feel pretty good is not the issue. We don't need locker room guys. I wish he had just no, come no, out and said, I made a mistake on, he said on he, signing him. He said you know? he missed on it. Um, he but cut the player. He cut the player. He, cut his, yeah. he didn't give him a scholarship. That's one. Give him credit for that. But here's the other I thing, do. too. Don't discount the value of a locker room guy. Um, don't discount what Stewart, the impact Stewart had on the acceleration of an already gifted right. mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley. Um, you need calm heads when you've got a young roster um, of offensive linemen, guys first time playing positions, three of them then you need a guy with some veteran experience in it. That that kind of helps stabilize the thing. It didn't work out, no. But you look at the, the changes they had at the center position, at the guard position, at the tackle position. You needed somebody in there to try to stabilize it. They missed on it. They admitted it. They got it right with Jamon Brown. But these are the things that are all a part of the, the, the idiosyncrasies right. of a roster. As far as your um, subtraction by subtraction, sometimes it's subtraction by addition, and these are trained professionals that are picking players. So don't try this at home. You can play, you know, people have these scenarios in their head about what the roster should look like, and sometimes it, it mimics, and I always call them Madden GMs, but don't be so... Um, concerned or or sensitive to when a team makes a move, if they have a plan in place, and I think just based on this last draft, um, this team knows how to draft and you know how to put a plan in place to address issues and um, put things in place for sustainable growth. So if they make a move in one area, it's not to weaken. Now you can say the uh, subtraction of snacks made the defensive line uh, weaker. I'm going to say he was a hell of a football player, and I wish he stayed. But then we never got a chance. We would never have gotten a chance to see just what B.J. Hill was capable of. Mm -hmm. And what B.J. Hill gives you is pass rush and run stopping. We saw that for sure. Um, So, And then at the end of this year, then snacks would have been looking for a job. And what happens now it was a win-win, in my my opinion, because you, you, you let a guy go who is going to see the full-length life of his contract, and you got a guy in there who's going to grow. So you let a guy go to let another guy grow, and there's not going to be an appreciable drop-off uh, moving forward. And you, got, and you got a draft pick out of it. And they got a draft pick I'm, out of it. To, I was going to say, to your point real quick, about the locker room, the Giants were in every game this year. And you can maybe name the Dallas game early on, but they were in every game. So that's a testament to what this locker room is now. These guys fight to the end. And they didn't splinter. Right, that's right. So that is important. It would have been easy after they got shut out by the Titans to fold their tents and they did not. And they didn't, right. You know, they did not. Um, Carl and I, as we sign off, folks, and thanks for your phone calls today. We appreciate it. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon Eastern time. As we sign off, Carl and I know so much about the fan base here. And, Jerry, you guys with Giant Insider, you obviously get the temperature of the fan base on a minute-by-minute basis now yes. with Twitter. Yes. Um, the one thing, regardless <laughs> of how many folks want to disagree or have uh, various opinions about certain things, the passion of the Giant fan, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, around the country and around the world is never-ending, and that's, that's probably the beauty of this organization. 
Uh, 1,000%. I mean, and Chris and I always say we're unapologetically Giant fans. It is what it is. But, you know, the, when Giant fans, it, it's always a hit. There always seems to be a history in the family. My father was a Giants fan. My dad, my grandfather went to the polo grounds. Like, this is family. It's, and, and I always joke, it's God, family, Giants. And I don't know if it's always in that order. You know, <laughs> unapologetically. It is what it here's, is. Here's something else. Will Presti just uh, tweeted, the Giants and the Rams were the only teams in the NFL this year to have a 4,000-yard passer and a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. That tells me they've got some talent mm-hmm. at passer, receiver, and runner, and they got pretty good coaching. Fix the defense. So if they can <laughs> fix a few things, I think you're, you're, you should you should have expectations. I already pinned it on on my Twitter that I expect the Giants to be in the playoffs next year, and that's I'm sticking with that one. I got no problems with that, girl. We're saving that one. Folks, thanks so much for joining in to Big Blue Kickoff Live today. Uh, Carl, it's been great. Thank it, you. it has been great. Jerry? Chris, this has been fun. I hope this mashup was as beneficial to you guys as it was to me. I enjoyed it. I got to sit next to Carl Banks for an hour. And I, mean, I talk, yeah, as you can cool, see, right? I talk a lot. So you get one question, I can go forever. Go but, for it, man. You're the man. Um, I, I, I enjoy it. And, Paul, thank you for, for hosting us here and kind of being the uh, the referee here. It's been a good time. Chris Bizignato and uh, Jerry Foley from Giant Insider joining Carl Banks with us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. The show is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time here on Giants.com.